Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, November 19th, 2020. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Getting into the news quickly today as I take you through the day all by myself. Before we get into our big stories, though, get yourself to our Patreon if you haven't already. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. On Wednesday, we finally received an update on an upcoming celebration of Broadway. No, of course not the Tony Awards. Instead, though, as we've previously talked about, NBC has been planning on doing a Broadway celebration broadcast that until this point had kind of gone announced and then had no further follow-up. But we now have a date, a time, a lineup, and a host. Mean Girls writer Tina Fey will host the two-hour special titled One Night Only, colon, The Best of Broadway, which will air on December 10th at 8 p.m. The evening will feature performances from the casts of several Broadway shows, including Ain't Too Proud, Chicago, Jagged Little Pill, Mean Girls, obviously, and Diana, as well as an appearance by the cast of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Features for Broadway shows scheduled to open in 2021 and performances from Jersey Boys and Rent, because why not? The event will also feature performances by Kelly Clarkson, Brett Eldridge, and Patti LaBelle and include appearances from Annalie Ashford, Lance Bass, Kristen Bell, Ron Cephas Jones, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Peter Gallagher, Josh Groban, Jake Gyllenhaal, Sean Hayes, Nathan Lane, Alanis Morissette, and many, many others. The special is intended as a benefit for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, and NBC Universal will be making its own donation to the cause. So, <laughs> we now at least have a date for one event. From what it at least seemed like this got announced and then seemed to force the Tony's hand a bit to actually do something, anything. And then, of course, we heard nothing from either of them for a really long time, to the extent that even Matt and I, a couple weeks ago, while we were planning out content, were like, is this still happening? Referring to the NBC thing. It's now almost the end of November. We're almost at the Macy's Parade performances. We still don't have a Tony's date, lest you forget. So it's actually laughable in the worst way that NBC has gone and created a Tony's-esque event, which even if you look at it, even the advertising looks, looks like it's for CBS and the Tony's. Uh, you know, waited months for a follow-up, still beat the Tony's to the punch for a date. There is only so much we can talk about the absolute mishandling, so I will save that and talk about the positive, which at least seems like this will be a celebration slash fundraiser slash preview for what we have to come back to that was already there, as well as what will hopefully be presented when Broadway returns that hasn't opened yet. I do hope we get more in terms of performances. I don't really know what the logistics of that will be, especially if we do get performances during the actual Tonys, but looking forward to this, whatever it ends up being, which <laughs> is more than I can say for these so far barely existent Tonys. 
Back on the stage proper, though, yesterday, New York City Center announced it will be presenting a stage production of Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine's Into the Woods as part of its Encore series. Dates, casting, and creative team members will be revealed at a later time, precisely when we know when theater can resume. Under the artistic direction of Leo de Bessonet, music director Rob Berman, and creative producing director Clint Ramos, the Revival Focus series will now focus on three prongs. Revivals of Hidden Gems, productions where artists reclaim work for our time through their own personal lens, and a new tradition that celebrates an iconic American musical. The Life and the Tap Dance Kid, which were previously announced as part of the season's lineup, make up those first two prongs, and Into the Woods is coming in as the third in this directional shift. Says Debessonet in her statement, quote, if the reason to revive a hidden gem is to discover it, then the reason to revive a beloved musical that ho holds enormous meaning to so many people is to discover what we have in common and how our experience with these shows connects us. One of the things I find remarkable about musical theater is the space it holds in America, against all odds providing a touch point of commonality. Among its many rich layers, Into the Woods is a fable about how humans pursue their wishes and what happens when they set aside their individual wishes to create a greater community wish. Now, typically I would be very excited for any Sondheim programming, but that's the thing. I would be excited for any Sondheim programming. I am a little surprised to see this, and don't get me wrong, I obviously love Into the Woods, but it is mounted so, so often in so many ways in the city. I think you can have quote, an iconic American musical that isn't on stage as often as Into the Woods. But I get what they're trying to do. And we are obviously going to be in a very difficult time when theater comes back. So the question is, what can be done to get people through the doors and subscribers in the books? Into the Woods, likely a show that will be able to do that. Regardless, the show is absolutely foundational to me. I am going to see every and any production of it for the rest of my life, cast well or otherwise. But I think because it's Encores and because it's Debessonet, who I have a lot of faith in, if you're going to present something so classic and accessible and public-facing as Into the Woods, then you better come ready to do some really interesting things with that casting and with the design and with the creative team, because Into the Woods is a show that will get people in the doors either way. What are you going to do to make it unique to those of us who have seen it 7,000 other times? That's the challenge, and I hope they are up for it. Continuing the programming news, though, we head down to the Kennedy Center first, which has unfortunately canceled all previously scheduled programs through April 25th, 2021, due to the ongoing pandemic. This will include Washington National Opera Spring Productions and much of the late spring and early summer touring theater programs, including Jesus Christ Superstar, Freestyle Love Supreme, Oklahoma, Dear Evan Hansen, and The Band's Visit. This most recent set of cancellations represent 384 ticketed events and a financial loss of $24.1 million for the institution, plus an additional 7 to $8 million of revenue from programs that had not yet been announced. 
According to Senate President Deborah F. Rutter, the institution has now lost over $80 million in earned income that would have been generated from those programs in the 2020-21 season. The center, however, will offer a limited number of in-person performances as conditions allow and expand its online offerings with Digital Stage Plus. Said Rudder, quote, Today's announcement represents a longer planning horizon and understanding that it will not be safe to gather large-scale audiences until later in the season. But it also signals our eagerness to plan and program for an eventual reopening, as well as our commitment to do all that we can to serve our community of artists and audiences in the meantime. Over and into news at Signature Theater, which announced its 2021-2022 season, including five works by five resident playwrights, including Anna DeVere Smith, Annie Baker, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, Samuel D. Hunter, and Dominique Mariso. Smith continues her residency one with Twilight, colon, Los Angeles, 1992, which was originally scheduled for spring 2020 and postponed. From the Residency 5 program will be the rescheduled New York premiere of Confederates by Mariso, directed by Camilla Forbes, and the world premiere of On the Uses of Pain for Life, written and directed by Baker for the final play of her residency. Next up, A Case for the Existence of God by Hunter in the first play of his residency, directed by Tony winner David Cromer. And then Grass, written and directed by Jacobs Jenkins, for the final play of his residency. Dates for the 2021-22 season productions, on-sale dates, and SIG Space programming will be announced at a later time. All 2021-22 season performances will take place at the Pershing Square Signature Center. Incredible season. Can't wait for all of that. And finally, in the news, benefiting the Actors Fund, La Femme Theatre Productions will stream Tennessee Williams' The Night of the Iguana, directed by Emily Mann and starring Felicia Rashad, Dylan McDermott, Roberta Maxwell, Austin Pendleton, Keith Randolph-Smith, Carmen Berkeley, and more. The all-inclusive theater company, which is, quote, dedicated to the exploration and celebration of the universal female experience, will stream the show on December 2nd through the 6th. Tickets begin at $10 and are available for purchase at LaFontheaterProductions.org. One recommendation for you today, a companion piece of sorts from talking about encores earlier. So part of the new programming City Center will be doing is a new series called Encores Inside the Revival, which will be a five-part mini documentary series that will take a look at the aforementioned upcoming productions, The Life, The Tap Dance Kid, and Now Into the Woods. City Center just released on Wednesday the first installment of the series, which is about nine minutes long and takes a look at the life directed by Billy Porter. In the video, Porter and Ramos discuss Porter's vision for an updated take on the story of Queen, a prostitute, and her fellow sex workers who strive for a better life against all oppressive forces in Times Square in 1980. It also has performances by the glorious Michael Kilgore doing Use What You Got and Grammy-nominated jazz artist Let Us See, who I love doing The Oldest Profession. Porter has this great quote about his vision for the show and the characters on the stage that really struck me in the right way. He said, 
The only way to create empathy is to have no choice, which is so fitting for Porter and for this work. Again, the life is hitting that prong of revivals of hidden gems. I'm really going to be excited to see what Porter and the actors pull out of these characters in the show. So be sure to check that video out. Not sure how often they're publishing these, maybe once a week, but they'll be on City Center's website and their YouTube channel. The first one you can, of course, find in today's show notes. All right, that is all we have for you today. So thanks for listening to today on Broadway and putting up with what is a little bit of a gravelly voice I have tonight. (laughs) Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. If you are willing, able, and so inclined, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. And as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley. Have a great Thursday, everyone, and we will be back to talk with you tomorrow. 